Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Michael Fordham, and you're listening to Turn It Up, our newest show featured on A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. Turn It Up is all about independent recording artists of all kinds, R&B, rap, jazz, neo-soul, rock, gospel, country, or any random genre you can think of. Turn It Up is here to feature and help independent artists by giving you an opportunity to be heard on live radio and share your music across the globe and take your talents to the next level. By showcasing new music, sharing studio recording tips and tricks to help make your track stand out like the pros, and industry information to help you choose the right path and keep you in the game. Every week we bring you new artists, industry insiders, and fresh new tracks you won't be able to hear anywhere else. The truth is, if you're an independent artist trying to make it in the music biz, you need all the help you can get. So stop procrastinating, get your demos together, and get ready to turn it up. If you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio Play or my Facebook page, this is your time to call in live. So give us a call, 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can tweet your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Or message me on Facebook and give me the last four digits of your phone number, and I'll be sure to punch you in when I see you on the switchboard. But you can't get friends' benefits if we're not connected. So if you haven't yet, look me up on Facebook. I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. We've got an awesome show for you today. We'll be right back after this. 
After graduating magna cum laude from Drexel with a degree in psychology and a minor in chemistry, Cherise returned to her first love, singing and performing. She was determined to balance this love while also acquiring her master's in public health. It was not uncommon for her to have to write a 25-page paper and then have to go sing at a jazz club. With this new focus and commitment, Cherise managed to take Philly by storm in 2009 through 2010. During this momentum, Cherise spent her time understanding the music industry and acquired great assistance in developing her business from the Philadelphia Lawyers for the Arts. Cherise established and is the CEO and founder of JC1 Voice Entertainment Incorporated, which markets her talents as an entertainer, actor, and health advocate. However, she took a four-year sabbatical to further determine what she wanted in life musically, spiritually, and professionally. By 2014, she realized she did not need to choose one or the other, but instead she could have it all. Yet on June 1st, 2015, she resigned from her directorship position and became a full-time singer. The songs composed by Cherise are best described as her life experiences, compiled to be relatable musical testimonies. With great excitement, the five-year-long debut EP album entitled Introducing Miss Jones was released on July 7, 2015. Cherise's music genre is all-encompassing with focuses on a neo-soul feel and an R&B pop and funk sound. She is inspired by several genres of music and artists that include but are not limited to gospel, jazz, funk, Japanese pop, Michael Jackson, Shaka Khan, Yolanda Adams, Donald Vales, Mint Condition, Tweet, and Erica Badu. As soon as you hear Cherise, you will be captivated by her stage presence, melodic tone, and ability to make a song her own. Cherise Jones, welcome to Turn It Up. Thank you. Wow. Thank you so much, Michael. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Cherise, for joining us. Uh, you know, it's always short notice with artists who have a gig coming up. So glad you could pop in and, and give us a little um, taste of what it's like being Cherise and coming up and with this amazing voice <laughs> and uh, having a career where, where you're expressing all your talents at once and still being able to choose which you know, direction to go in the process. So tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about your journey. Well, actually, the journey was that it was a struggle at first. You know, when I was born, uh, my umbilical cord was wrapped around my neck so tightly. Oh. Um, yeah, that actually the prognosis is that I wasn't supposed to be able to speak, let alone sing. Um, and mm. so, you know, that's where the blessing lies in that every time that I have the opportunity to sing, I have to really think about where I've come from. So over 30 years of life, it's been a testament of going against the odds. And so that's where the inception of just keep on press pushing has really originated from. Um, and definitely, you know, in all facets of my life, I, you know, I've had to pray, I've had struggles, I had to overcome things, um, definitely learn ways to, to get around roadblocks and, and realize that just that even though it might seem like something is prohibiting you, that the timing might not always be right, but in due time, you can find a way to maneuver. You can get gathered the skills you need to kind of get to the next step. And so from there, um, actually what was crazy is I was just singing in the backseat of my mom's car 
around like the age of four or five, and my mom just kind of stopped and said, wait a minute. She turned the radio down and was like, I think she can sing, you know, because for a long time, <laughs> you couldn't even understand what I was articulating. Um, oh, uh, really? It was like a private oh. secret language. Uh-huh, yeah. It was hmm. kind of, uh, you know, the shristam of, of, of languages. And I still to this day have my own kind of way of uh, speaking, I would say. Uh, it's not necessarily colloquial, but it's just I like to add certain uh, extensions on the end of words. So if I would say, like, for example, when I heard your voice, Michael, I would say, you know, you have the voice that will captivate a nation. You know, you have a voiceization, you know, so that voiceization, uh, <laughs> you know, and so it kind of right, it's, right. It's, it's good, you know, and it just sounds, it just feels good when you kind of add a little realization to it. It makes it sound better, <laughs> right? You know, you know, it's something there. So right, right, right. Um, absolutely. I mean, I heard, I said, oh, well, where do you want me to go? I will lead. Just tell me so I can, you know, just, I will follow. Just tell me where I have to go, you know, Michael. But definitely <laughs> um, it was all kind of, you know, things happened kind of steadily. So I didn't realize um, when I was a little girl who my godfather was and his, his prominence in the gospel industry and, that mm-hmm, was, you know, mm-hmm. my late godfather, um, late Reverend Donald Vales, and he was very, very um, poignant in terms of uh, playing the, uh, definitely the piano and coordinating a lot of different things for a lot of different gospel artists, just to name a few, like Donnie McClurk and Yolanda Adams and Richard Smallwood, um, and working even with Byron Cage, and being that I was, you know, grew up in the church, I'm a PK, which stands for Preacher's Kid, uh, no, I, I know. I I'm one too. Oh, okay. oh, bless your heart. <laughs> so yeah, you know how they always try to say we crazy, but um, <laughs> no, we just we just blessed, and you know we just a little special. But hey, you know we're still being worked on, so I think we're turning out okay. But nonetheless, I, I definitely would say that um, I was around that circle of people, and I was so young, I just didn't even know who they were. If if you can imagine, kind of like. It's it's like when you're a kid, you don't really know the caliber of person. You just you know you're just like okay, this is just my mom. This is just my godfather. I, they don't treat me any different, so I don't really know anything different. Um, but at the time, I was just able to kind of notice uh, singing all the time and and how you had to practice and you know getting uh, a certain type of feeling and how you had to feel the music. Um, and so when I was about Ten, I recorded uh, my first song with my godfather. It was with the Ebenezer Mass Choir, and it was a live recording. And I didn't understand, you know, why it took so long um, for us to have a live recording, but I got to see all the intricacies of just recording. Um, and to be able to say that I was able to record something at 10, you know, I didn't really, again, I, I was unbeknownst to myself kind of what was going on. It was like, all these things are kind of working out again, going against the odds. And that's how I kind of got my, my boost. And I remember I was singing the Lord's prayer for, I was a wedding singer at church and Patrick Lundy, um, who was a minister of music at the church uh, when I was young played behind me. And uh, as they call it, followed me wow. and, and singing. And he said, uh, you know, Reese, because that's what everyone calls me. He's like, Reese, you really can sing. Like, no, 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 no. You really, really can sing. And I guess it took me, if we think about it, it took me 20 years to officially realize that maybe, maybe, yes, I could sing. Um, 
And so I just kept being active in these mass choirs. I sung background from Kurt Franklin. I've, I've pretty much every gospel artist that has ever come to the DMV, I have sung with them. I've sung with Charles Butler and all of them. And I've, I can learn everything from them. And so when it was time for me to go to school, and after I graduated from Bishop McNamara in 2004, I attended Xavier versus Louisiana in New Orleans, and I was on the uh, Xavier Gospel Choir, um, and things were going really well. And then that was the first time that I ever had, like, structure. Like, you know, I had to learn uh, how to read music. I didn't, I didn't know how to read music, even though I was trained by Shirley Abel to kind of play the piano a little bit um, when I was younger. I'd never really read music before. Um, and then, unfortunately, Hurricane Katrina transpired in 2005, and so everything was destroyed. And then I transferred to Drexel in Philly in 2005 um, and continued uh, to pursue my bachelor's degree. And you mentioned it, which is crazy, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, my bachelor's in, of science and psychology and minor in chemistry. And that's when I started to uh, get into jazz band. Um, I actually was singing with the Drexel Gospel Choir. And as a result of being on the Drexel Gospel Choir, that was my first time that I've actually um, sung out of the country, went to Jamaica twice. And and so we were on a mission trip and we were able to sing there. So I started getting a lot of that exposure. And then by um, 2008, I was in grad school to get my master's in public health still at Drexel in Philly. And Raheem Devon came to the school. And so Drexel uh, is a predominantly white institution. And we never at that time had had a black um, soul artist come and actually have a concert per se at our, at our school. And so I attended and I was just blown away. I don't know why I had never, you know, been to a Raheem Devon show, even though I, you know, was born in DC, raised in Prince George's County I just, I don't know. It was just the right timing and I was inspired and I ran into a couple of people that were there that had like these open mics in Philly. It was called the Philly Live Pod and um, they asked me to come out and I was nervous because it's one thing, you know, to sing with a bunch of other people in a group or in a choir because if you off key, you know, you can kind of cover it up. But if you by yourself, and you're standing in front of, you know, amazing people who are musically attuned. I don't know what it is, but it seems like everyone from Philly can can harmonize. I don't, they're just amazing hmm. musical people. I think they're just born into music when they when you're from Philly. But I um, went out there as nervous as I was, and I sung this song by Jasmine Sullivan called "Need You Bad." And um, you know, what's 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 crazy is. It wasn't the it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't the greatest. But it was the beginning of me getting over my fear of um, singing by myself. Um, and and then I just started singing other places. And uh, from that opportunity, I met one of my uh, mentors, who's a jazz singer, Denise King. And she would have me go to La Rose. And every time she would have a gig, she would have me come and sit in, so that I could learn from her. So I started, so at this point, that's when things started to mix from the gospel to, to being introduced to the jazz way of singing and to know how uh, musicians really play and knowing the timing and charting of, of songs. Um, so it, you know, in church, it's just kind of like, just feel the music, you know, let the Lord use you. Whereas in jazz, it's still feel the music, but it's understand where your, where your timing is and, and how you're supposed to give due diligence to the musicians. So 
Um, and that's where I started to really appreciate live instrumentation. And uh, I had, there was a show at Drexel, a talent show that I said, okay, let me just go ahead and try to pull a band together. And it was people that had played, played with me in the gospel choir. And so my good friends that sang background for me and we just got together. And um, after singing that song, Need You Bad Again, uh, Jeremy Boyd, uh, who is now a Grammy Award winning um, producer for working with Ty Tribbett, heard me uh, and said, Sharice, hey, I want to work with you. And this was back in 2000 and, uh, 2010. And I said, okay, cool. I don't have a problem with that. I don't know how to start this off, but okay, cool. And literally in the basement of his mom's house in uh, West Philadelphia, we started working on what is now introducing Miss Jones the album. Hmm. Um, and uh, I, I think, you know, why it took me so long, the five years, why it took so long was because I I love watching Unsung, but before Unsung, I would just listen to so many other people and other artists that were was in the music business, and they always told me the best thing to do is to always own your own music. Um, right. And so I took you know, time, whether it was money for my student loans and grad school, I took more money out of my student loans to ensure that I could afford to pay for the studio time um, and that I own all the rights to my music. So everything is copyrighted. Uh, and, you know, that's a that's a huge accomplishment because I think a lot of times as independent artists, you, um, you're gigging a lot, but you don't necessarily have a product. And my mentor, Denise King, said, Sharice, until you have a product, there's no point of you gigging. And I, and I was mm. confused because I thought mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. you know, I needed to gig for people to validate me and for me to be heard. But if I have a gig and I don't have anything to give anybody, then technically it's a loss. It's a loss experience. Wow. Um, wow. And so from that, yeah, I mean, isn't that deep? Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Because w- what you're really saying is if, if it's not your own, if you can't take credit for everything, if you're not, you're out mm-hmm. there promoting someone else's music, what's the point of that right. if you're not really showing people what you have to offer? So you're almost wasting a little bit of your effort and your talent right? but not putting yeah. it all in the right box. Yeah, and um, and I, I, I was conflicted because I'm like, well, you know, I still got a gig, you know, I still, I feel like if I don't go out here and meet the musicians, then I'm not going to know nobody to help me to to play. And, you know, one of the things that I realized, I mean, as a singer, you can be great, but you also have to have amazing musicians as well, because they Mm -hmm. help to floor, they help to bring to light what your sound is, you know, like they, they're the ones that help you feel the music, you know? And so I went through that process of trying to figure out, you know, what musicians are. I mean, but I was blessed to be able to be kind of considered the play little sis to a lot of acclaimed musicians in Philly, and they would bring Mm -hmm. me along to their gigs. And through that, I would get to meet others that, you know, I probably would have never met. Um, And and so I'm always very grateful. And I, I think being humble and just being kind of laid back has been the blessing in disguise for me. Um, and just being authentic to myself, uh, I, you know, it's like I remember trying to sound like somebody else. Because, you know, I love Shaka Khan. That's, that's, that's my girl. Oh, you know? yeah. yeah. Same here. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my goodness. 
You shouldn't have said that, but yeah, okay. I'm gonna get myself oh. focused now. <laughs> oh, I apologize, oh, okay. but yeah, <laughs> that woman there, okay? She, yes, yeah, absolutely. Wow, she's amazing. Yeah. I mean, and and so I listen to her music, and I, you know, I love how she knows the, and understands music, and so you know, these are these great people that I I follow, and and and. Uh, you know, I realize everyone starts somewhere, but at the same time, Shaka Khan doesn't sound like anyone else, you know, so you have to sound mm. like yourself. Uh, Aretha Franklin, when she came out, you know, people didn't really quite, they heard her voice, they couldn't try it, they couldn't really figure out who she sounds like, but they just said, okay, she just sounds like Aretha Franklin. So for me, it was stop trying to sound like other people, you know, like I listen to tweets, right. I love how her voice is very uh, melodic and 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 you and powerful uh and you know and has those undertones that are like those are warm undertones mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. i've just learned how to incorporate the people that i admire and 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 put that into my music but try to most certainly come back to Sharif you know i think once um like now i can say now i i know what the Sharif sound it's like, you know, like before I, I would be very timid and say, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I sound like this. I guess I sound like that. But now it's just kind of like, well, I just sound like Sharice. And if anybody else hears something great, you know, that's wonderful, you know. But at the end of the day, I have to be true to myself. And that's just an artist situation because, you know, I think you always want people, you want people to hear you, um, but sometimes you can kind of get lost because I got lost in terms of trying to find my sound. Um, And so I, because I was around a lot of jazz music, I used a lot of the saxophone on my album, um, you know, because it just gives you a smooth feeling to uh, a lot of the songs, but like all of the songs that are on the album, every song I, you know, I wrote, definitely has something it doesn't everything is not related to me per se but it has some truth to every song so mm-hmm. um i when mm-hmm. i write i most certainly try to talk about things that i've been through um and and so yeah like lose control i wrote that song literally after i got fired from my um my gig that i had it was at university of pennsylvania i was working in psychology department doing these studies and uh the lady just didn't like me too much because I was overshining her and I didn't realize it then. And I was terminated and I was in my feelings, you know, I mean, but now, you know, I didn't, I didn't got terminated so many times. It's just like, okay, cool. Next move on. I've learned, let me terminate me so I can move on to the next thing. You know, I'm no longer <laughs> afraid of it. Um, but definitely that's where loose control comes from because it's like, you know, at the end of the day, if you're still able to listen and breathe nonstop, then you most certainly continue to live life. So life can't be as difficult in the now. You know, your present situation does not dictate what your future outcome would be. Um, and I know for me, I have a tendency, I've had a tendency to worry a lot. And it's like, okay, let me go back to my roots. Let me go back and pray about this and give it to God and say, you know, what exactly you know, I can't handle this, right? This is stressing me out. So I'm gonna need for you to help me with this. And th- and that's that's sufficient enough. And then mm-hmm. I just need to leave it there and keep it moving. Um and so just even in the journey um to to last year, two thousand fifteen, when I was the youngest director um for for this fellow called Health Center, um, 
I was 28 and I was working and working and things were going well, but as a Taurus, you know, I'm a Taurus. I'm really into my signs. <laughs> I, I, I don't strive well if I feel like I'm being set up for failure. So in less than six um, months, I had written a two year uh, plan development plan of how I was going to outline everything. And I just was working. I mean, I was slaving. I felt like, you know, so I think sometimes having a title of director, the title is great, right? But it sometimes is not always the greatest fit. And my grandmother had just passed um, in 2014, and she was my heart, my soul, and my, my biggest fan. And uh, she would always say, you know, Reese, I just want you to be happy, you know, and and to do what your heart desires and, and to be true to that. And I found that, you know, I know I realized I needed that balance of my education, you know, because the music industry is ever evolving and ever changing. So I needed something substantial to fall back on should something not work out. Um, but I never actually, once I graduated from grad school, I never actually gave myself the opportunity to, to just try it full time. I was always kind of like half stepping. Um, mm. And I had moved from Philadelphia once I finished grad school and returned home. And I was, you know, I was pretty accomplished. I, I, every year I was getting a new job with a higher title, more exposure to different people, but I was still felt like I was dying inside and I couldn't figure out why. And wow. I, I, my favorite, my favorite movie is a uh, sister act two. And Whoopi Goldberg says, if you wake up in the morning and the only thing you think about is being a singer, then you're supposed to be a singer. Um, mm. And so I would wake up in the morning singing in the shower, like singing my heart. I would have a whole concert in the shower, you know. My my my, my water bill might have been really high, but, like, I was getting it, you know. And um, I I realized, you know, okay, what are you going to do? You know, at, you, 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 ma'am, are 29 right now, and you're unhappy. So are you going to continue to be unhappy by going to work every day, having this title that sounds impressive but really doesn't meet your 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 whole your soul. It doesn't fulfill my, my soul being. Um and I just said, you know what, I wrote my mom actually helped me write my resignation letter and uh it just drove me to complete my my album. So I said before June hit, I was like, you know what, it's about to be up time to go like we you know, like we at the juke joint um at uh what's that color purple color purple i I said up oh, it's time to go okay i got to go because i have to live my life and i finished the album um i was recording i finished the recordings here in landon lanham maryland at midi guy uh, studios and um from there uh and i would go <laughs> and what's funny is i would have like almost felt like uh you know like little psych moments with my my sound engineer, uh, Reginald Saggers, and I just was like, I can't do this no more. I, I can't. I'm done with this. And he said, well, Sharice, just, you know, just follow your passion. And I just said, okay, you know. <laughs> and after a while, I realized, let me stop talking and actually be proactive and do something about it. So the whole time I was planning to transition out of the workforce, I was saving money. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, when June, June hit and my mom was helping me, you know, write my resignation letter, I had saved enough money that I was able to take care of myself with my mortgage and everything for seven months. And um, 
I submitted and I, I felt so relieved because I said, I was nervous, but I said, Ooh, I'm just so grateful. I don't have to deal with this anymore. Um, and I, you know, the album came out. I was so excited. I was like, Oh yes, won't he do it? Everything was great. You know, people were, you know, halfway taking me seriously. They were impressed by the packaging and all that stuff. And things were great for three or three to four months. And then it dropped. And wow. the other wow. part of that <laughs> was, you know, you have to find a way to do both. You know, so yes, you have to focus on your product, but you have to focus on your product, finish your product, and still be able to connect with people so that you have an audience. And so my audience was back in Philadelphia, um, and it wasn't here at home. And that was kind of hard. And and so, um, you know, now as a testimony, I didn't have to work, but, you know, I said I'm not – I'm just going to continue to do what I have to do. So I was driving for Lyft. I drove for Uber. <laughs> I, um, you know, so I you, was – You I were was, on the grind every, every way you the, could. Oh, my goodness. I was goodness. on the grind. Absolutely. Um, I did uh-huh. Instacart. Instacart. I um, I tried to even you know go back to work, and I the problem was that I found, or at least what I thought was that I could not work full time. I can't. I could no longer be somebody of a director type of level. And if I was a director, it's hard for me to kind of go down to just being a regular regular employee because mentally I probably get get kind of bored. But I um, but more or less because of demand, you know. So if you have a nine to five. And you say you have a, a gig, you know, during the day that you have to be out of town for. I mean, how many times can you really call out sick, you know? So right, that's right. all been that, that hard balance. And so it was never that I needed to go back to work. It was the point. I, I mean, I could have gone back to work anytime, you know what I'm saying? But I was trying to give that full-time musicianship a try. And so I did. Uh-huh. I tried it. And um, I realized, you know, then no, <laughs> that, 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 that ain't going to work out, right? Because my mortgage will oh, have to be paid. And, you. Um, you know, and well, so that look, was just Look, Therese, you know what? Yeah. I, I just wanted it to build up, and I've been letting it build up long enough, but I know my listeners are saying, Mike, when are we going to hear the music? So, oh, <laughs> yeah. we got three tracks, and I, I really want to get them all in, and you know, I was going to start off with It's Over. So uh, is oh, that a good like one? Or? Yeah, that, no, It's Over is cool. It's over. Whatever you like, Mike, you know, <laughs> do what you feel, right? Yeah, but tell good. us a little bit about this track. And, and you know, um, we're going to give these folks a taste of what you can do. Oh, sure. So It's Over it was about one of my ex-boyfriends. Uh, I had a relationship and I I found myself trying to overextend, you know, myself and thinking that it was about love and everything else. And I found that I was jumping out of cars because I was so angry. And, you know, I realized I just didn't want to be this brokenhearted girl. I didn't want to be another person out here talking about all my life I had to fight and I just ain't got no love going on. Or I'm giving all the love and, you know, it's just not correlating. And um, this song is over. It's just about me realizing, you know, empowering other women about you don't have to be stuck in something just because it looks good. You know, I think some people get stuck in relationships longer or stay in relationships longer because 
of the look, you know, well, it looks like we're together. It's a unit. So that, that pretty much puts a stamp on it. But when it's time to go, okay, it is time <laughs> to go. You ain't hurting no one but yourself, okay? Because at the end of the day, people going to look, but they're going to still take care of themselves. So I have a, a statement, an assertion in the song that says, like the last bar of the song is over. That means it's definite. It's definite. You know, let it go. And, uh, yeah, that's typically it. That's the song. <laughs> that's the song. I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to let you go. Play one of the, one of the <laughs> oh, all right. All right. So here we are. This is Sharice Jones with It's Over. On turn it All up. right. <laughs> <laughs>
You know, that that was one of the first tracks I heard when I was listening to your package. And, man, I, I wasn't ready for it, first of all, because Lenny generally sends me jazz vocalists. And uh, that's what okay. I was expecting. And then, you know, okay. the beat dropped, and I was like, wow, what's this? And then I heard the voice, oh. and I'm like, man, this voice is ringing through. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> oh, wow. I, I was just like, why don't I know who Cherise Jones is? So, yeah, very surprising. (laughs) But, um, yeah, yeah, you got the goods. So this is the real deal. Well, uh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah. I I know you've heard it before, though. But, yeah, your voice is surprising. Mm -hmm. And um, very polished and uh, very full and rich. And, yeah, very nice. Very nice. Look and, here, Michael. Um, Are we supposed to be doing a radio show or what? What's going on here? You you getting me all this excited? Is the show. I don't know. This is the show. I don't, I don't know how to handle this right now. I don't know. <laughs> well, let's let's transition a little bit. You you got a gig coming up, and it's a blues alley, correct? Yes, sir. It's definitely the alley of blues, as they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Many, yeah. 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 So, so tell and, everyone uh, about that, and um, you know. Yeah. What they sure. can expect from um, the set and the whole bit. Sure. So real quickly, um, I'm very, very excited. This is official. This is my first official show at home in D.C. in the D.M.V. area. Um, as Sharice Jones, the I guess the artist or singer or what have you, and it's a big deal. Um, and and so with that being a big deal, there's been a lot of practice involved and going, setting up to it. So I'm very blessed to have my uh, musical director, Deanna Hawkins, uh, who's pretty, pretty well known in the DMV area and outside. Uh, she's done some amazing work with Music Soul Child and some other MC Light, mm-hmm. some other people mm-hmm. um, that you might have heard of around the way. Um, and so, you know, we put together a unit, mainly, sh- and, and, and I, so we have the bass, um, by Kendra Rutledge. Um, we're on the lead guitar is Genevieve, uh, keys, saxophone is Stephen Garrison, and drums is uh, William Speedy Trust. Um, and, and so that's the whole kind of band unit. And then my background singers um, have a male and a female to just balance it out to give, you know, some good melodic sounds and tones. And it's a double hitter, so it's 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. Um, right, right. So mm-hmm. I guess it's kind of like Lenny. Lenny doesn't play games. He's like, look, Sharice, this is what we're going to do, okay? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we're going to come out the gate running, okay? I'm like, bro, <laughs> whole time, mm. Mo, uh, can we, you know, can I get a one, can I get a 40-minute set, please, sir? Uh, how about that? <laughs> but, um, nah, he's like, no, we're going to do 35 minutes. You know, back to back. Okay, here we go. Oh, so you know that. You know, there was there's a lot of practicing. We are my last practice is actually on Sunday, um, and before I go on Good Day Washington, uh, and have to do a two and a half minute uh, arrangement of my song "You're My Baby," um, mm-hmm. which I guess is kind of coined as my single, um, and and so. Uh, I'm excited about that. So half of my band will be on ABC seven um, at channel uh, channel and channel eight on, at nine thirty on Monday, October 3rd. So you'll be able to see a, a little kind of like a preview of what it will sound like. Um, and um, we also dropped my new music video on Tuesday. No, on Wednesday, I'm sorry, at 10 Oh four, since my show is on October 4th. 
um, and it's called SLT Live, and right, doing right. pretty, doing pretty well. Like I, I'm kind of a stalker of myself right now, and I go and I watch the video <laughs> like every morning, like a weirdo. Um, it's almost like a routine. <laughs> right now. Uh, okay. So yeah, you know I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my my stuff here, but definitely it's <laughs> very grateful, you know what I'm saying? Because uh, in less than two days, I guess it's, it's kind of charting a thousand views a day, pretty much. And so really? if I look at nice. my yeah yeah, which is like a blessing, because if I look at my my first music video that came out last year in September, which was dedicated to my grandmother, uh, and it, it took six months to get four thousand views. Um, mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. to have 2,000 views in less than two days, uh, I can see the growth. Um, and so I wanted to do something very different. And I'm, I'm I'm really big on showcasing others' talents, you know, to share the platform. I'm not really big on me, me, me. I don't really think that's cool. Uh, <laughs> so um, I wanted to – We uh, Deanna rearranged the SLT song which is actually on introducing miss jones which is the ep that came out last year and um we added some new flavors to it and it's being well received um but yeah so all of that kind of is happening i guess is just promotion and um for october 4th uh at blues alley and tickets are still available they're only 20 dollars um folks can go to www.bluesalleylive.com and just look for october 4th or my name um, Sharice Jones, and go ahead and buy about, you know, just buy four, five, six, you know, 10 tickets. You know, what's 10 tickets to some people out here? So it's not like a crisis for everybody, you know? Right, so, right. Yeah. It's definitely going to be a, a good show. It's definitely, um, you know, going to be from top to bottom. It's filled with um, hints of awesomeness. So Fantasia, we have a Fantasia medley that we're ending the show with, and a little, a little bit of go-go. Nothing too, you know, nothing too crazy, you know. But you know, <laughs> in the DMV, you got to put a little, put a little go-go in there. So, so it's gonna be like a mixture of uh, uh, jazz, R&B, a little go-go, and uh, you know, you and me. That's what it's gonna be. So yeah i I pray that everybody can come on through uh to the show uh and as I said, you know I, I'm just excited you know, and Lenny wouldn't have it any other way for me to just say just push me right on out there and get over my little fears uh I guess fear doesn't exist in Lenny's um <laughs> you know repertoire of conversation, so I'm very <laughs> really grateful you know if we're gonna if we're gonna go out here, we're gonna go out here right, okay, and we're gonna do it. We're going to do this right. So I'm grateful for this. Um, I had a show earlier at Warm Daddy's in June, and that sold out. So I'm, um, wow. And that was in Philly. So I'm, I'm believing and praying that these two shows will also, will also fill out. But I've been practicing. I have my vocal coach, you know. So I'm, I'm, I'm be always prepared, Mike. So I, I hope that you're going to be there. I would love for you to be there. I hope, I hope you're going to be there. You're going to be there, Mike? Uh, I, you on the spot. I, you I, I know you did. Um, which day is it again? <laughs> It's on I, Tuesday, October fourth. It's on a Tuesday, yeah, and that's like during the week. Um, yeah, but it goes can, down can on try, a Tuesday. I know, I know. 
Mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll try my best to make it, but I, I'll have to. I have to reach for that. I really do. That's not the easiest thing for me to do during the week, but um, I would love to be there because I'm telling everybody else. You know, it's it's awesome to go see a breakout artist. You know, and when yeah. people start that buzz about them, you want to be a part of that. And I would love to be out there for that. So you know, I, I'm going to have to try to really maneuver some things and see if I can get out there. Look, Mike. If you need an Uber, I'll get the Uber on me. You know what I'm saying? Okay? So you ain't got to worry about nothing. All you got to do is put your clothes on. You know what I'm saying? Get in the Uber. Come on down to Blues Alley. Enjoy yourself. I know you're not going to want to go home afterwards. You're going to try to talk to me, do another interview once you hear everything. I'm telling you. Then you oh, yeah. We would have to I'm definitely do the interview. Yeah, yeah I'm going to put you back but, in the Uber, um, okay, and then that's But, it. you know, that's I have to plan all these things out, you know, because it's more than just going out and sitting down and taking a seat. I have to put the whole process together. I'm a producer, so I have to make sure I have everything I need to, you know, to do that live interview and put all those things in play as well. But I'm going to push right for it. Now. I really okay. want to push for it. Well, Seriously. I'll check you for the push. I appreciate the push. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But, you know, <laughs> I want us to um, go ahead and give an intro into SOT Master. Um, what What is SOT? So SOT, that's, yeah, so you got the fresh off the presses. That's SOT Live. Um, mm. That's the live, that's the, um, orig- that's the arrangement that was made um, by Deanna Hawkins, my MD, my musical director, and myself. And um, I just wanted to give people a sense of what I sound like singing live because like, mm-hmm. you know, studio mm-hmm. people can say in the studio, you sound one way, well, you can stop, cut, split, you know, copy, stack and all this other stuff, vocals. And, and so every, it seems like everyone loves SOT. They just keep singing it. Like, you know, say yeah, something yeah. Say on the track. So it's, it's actually an analogy for, I guess, you know, some love making. you feel me? But I, I, oh, I, I, see. I, you know, being, being a PK, I didn't want to just come out here and be rapping, you know, <laughs> and, you know, create full of baby making music. So I, I had to utilize a couple of, you know, analogies and, you know, you, you just draw some conclusions. So I, I used, uh, you know, I say this is one song. It's like uh, it's 808, and I just got back on the way to studios to make this track. Your body's on my mind, reminiscent of a time when we. Ooh. Now you remember back in the day, like in the 50s, that they were going to do like kind of some kind of sex scene. They would just start. They would just start kissing, and then they would just fade away. They wouldn't actually do it. So a lot of this requires you to kind of take your mind, use your mind to listen to the lyrics to kind of fill in the blanks. And so I don't actually say anything. You just have to use your mind to get there. And so um, 808, is, is, I say it's 808, that pertains to not just the timing of the, the time that I supposedly arrived, but 808, the type of beat. Yeah. Um, you know, it's yeah. kind of 808, like Kanye yeah. West is known for coming out, utilizing a lot of 808, um, like the electronic sounds and stuff. So that's kind of what's intertwined in it. Um, and SOT Live is, is, is just you hearing true musicianship at best, you know, and mm, okay. that's it. All right. So we're going to play SOT as well as we're going to go back to back and do You're My Baby, and we'll come back after that because we're almost out of time. Can you believe that? Oh, I go so fast. I know. Like, you had me talking yeah, too much. I, I forgot to problem. warn you about that. It always happens that way. Everyone says um, that. It's just like it's just done. Man. We did a whole hour. Come on. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to run these two tracks and we'll come back right after these two tracks and we'll talk to Therese a little bit more and we'll close it all out. Thank you.
Upper register is so sweet. I, I just really, really. Oh like wow! Yeah, Thank yeah, 
Yeah, we only got about a couple minutes left of the show, and I, I really appreciate you coming out, and uh, I've been thinking it through. Yeah. I'm going to do my best to get out there and to see Please the show. Please do. And, I would love um, to have you. Yeah. Yeah, but we wish you the best anyway, and I'm sure we're going to have you on again. Uh, as things come oh, wow. up, keep my number, contact us again, and let's just I make sure that we're promoting everything okay. you do. <laughs> Absolutely, I can save your dick. That's all right with me, Michael. You know your voice is so nice. I'm gonna have to have you. I'm like Lenny. I need to book Michael to be the MC. You know when he's talking, everybody's gonna be listening. You know, but yeah, I definitely want to just say, you know, Michael. While I have these few minutes to just say, people like you, um, and that, and they're few and far between. But when they are there, I'm very grateful and humbled by your efforts to provide a platform for independent artists like myself to to showcase what it is that they have to offer. And, um, you know, you took a chance by just hearing me and listening to Lenny, and I'm grateful for that opportunity and, and for you to take that chance. And, um, you know, I'm forever grateful. So I I, I know this is the, the, the beginning of, of a great relationship to, uh, to, to be developed, and I just want to tell you, if ain't nobody else told you, I appreciate you and that, you know, you were smart, you is kind and you is important. Okay. And you're really important. You know why you're important, Michael? Do you know why you're important? Why is that? I'm gonna tell you because you're the first show to ever play SLT Live on air. And oh, that world premiere. Amazing. Awesome. World premiere. Yeah, you're the first. So, um, you know, it's hard to forget about your first now. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm very, very grateful for this opportunity. And, yeah, I'm all excited and stuff. You got me cheesing. My cheeks hurt. I need to stop smiling. So, um, <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, Cerise, mm-hmm. I'll just say this as well, and this is something I think you ought to explore. We have a lot of our artists who call in from the U.K., and okay. your kind of sound is really popular there. And uh, okay. I think that's something you ought to consider as well. Just just keep that in your head that, you know, that okay. when you want to diversify, you've got a little range. But, look, I've okay. got to close the show now. Thank you very much for joining us. Absolutely. And, no, thank um, you for having me. All right, Sharice, and we'll talk with you again real soon. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Michael. I really enjoyed my time with you. Well, special thanks to our producer, Donna Hardiman, and the man with the plan, Lenny Harris. I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to Turn It Up on blogtalkradio.com. But before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you. Wow. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.